You are Locked On Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. Uh, Harrison, we just spoke like six hours ago. Um, has anything drastic changed in your life? Um, no, nothing has drastically changed in my life. The The NBA has shifted, but um, no, nothing has like drastically changed in my life. So basically, we record in mid-podcast, the, the news kind of the news starts to trickle in. Uh, the rumors start to trickle in about a potential blockbuster deal. We finish recording. You send me the audio, and the NBA lost its damn mind. Yes, and like literally, like I think as I hit send on the audio, the Blake Griffin trade for Avery Bradley, among others, was finalized. And uh, you know, it was just immediately clear to me that the basketball gods hate us. They definitely do. The, the basketball Dude. news gods hate us but, immensely. But they don't hate you guys because now you get a free bonus episode. <laughs> no charge. We will not charge you any extra money, mainly because we don't charge you in the first place. Um, but, yeah, you guys are getting a bonus episode on uh, what are we even talking about? Well, it's an emergency episode <laughs> on, on a report that happened this morning that I just happened to catch later into the evening. So it's a it's a bonus emergency episode regarding Magic Johnson and Dan Levitard of ESPN, and I think he was of the Miami Herald um, at one point. I don't know if he still writes over there, but some some Miami paper. I don't think he writes anymore. He yeah he's he's definitely more of a podcaster at this point than anything else. Uh, for right now, though, he is a he is somebody who was incredibly well plugged in. I mean, he's been in the industry for thirty years. Uh, he's plugged in especially well with Pat Riley. Uh, I don't know if if what he's hearing from Pat Riley has anything to do, or, or, or what he reported today has anything to do with Pat Riley. Uh, well, so what did he report? Let's get into that. What well, did he report? before we do? What are we talking about today? Before we do, well, it's it's going to be about Magic Johnson's work ethic with the Lakers, and it's not. According to Levitard, it's not great. So we're going to talk about that uh, and, and every angle that we possibly can at this point at 10 o'clock on a, on a, what is it, Monday, Tuesday? Today is Monday. Yep, on a Monday evening after having talked for uh, six hours previously. Uh, but we are going to talk about all this good stuff about Magic Johnson's work ethic with the Lakers not being up to snuff. As always, allegedly. Alleged, reportedly. Uh, as always, make sure you guys are following the show on Megaphone slash Panoply, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, Lakers Nation, where Harrison writes, Lakers Outsiders, where I write, uh, where this current article that we're going to be talking about is is on. Harrison is at HM Fagan on Twitter. I'm at Anthony Irwin LA on Twitter. Let's get into this. I will I will start by reading the quote and how Levitard puts it on his show. He says. 
quote, I have been told by multiple sources that Magic Johnson is doing the job the way that I thought Magic Johnson was going to do that job. Sort of whisking in and out of the office. Yeah, fire everyone, trade everyone. You're doing a bad job. I'm going to run my movie empire. Is he still doing that? The details, the specifics of doing that job, Magic has been given all of the power and isn't doing any of the work that usually gets done. He's doing the job the way Phil Jackson did the job. Uh, he continues, he's pretty mad at Rob Palenka from what he's heard. You hear Levitar, from, <clears throat> Levitar is reporting that Magic is upset with Palenka. Yes. Okay. Your first reaction, your your initial reaction to hearing that is? Is anyone really that surprised? Uh, because, like, I mean, see, my impression when Magic Johnson was hired was this was always a PR move. Like, who was going to get a longer leash from Los Angeles fans for a rebuild than Magic Johnson? And who was going to be able to come in and, you know, do the jazz hands during a free agency pitch and tell people how amazing the Lakers are? Like, who was going to do that better than Magic Johnson? Magic Johnson has a lot of things going on. And I never really anticipated that he was going to be like the day-to-day decision maker with the Lakers. Like, yes, he would have the power. He would have the final say other than Jeannie Buss, obviously, but I think she would probably defer to him on most basketball matters. And so he would have the final say. Sure. But Rob Palinka, my impression was always was going to be the day-to-day guy, the guy who was doing kind of the legwork, the scouting, all of that stuff. And magic was more of like a, for lack of a better term, figurehead. So, I disagree with that. I, I mean, obviously, you are allowed to have whatever reaction that you're going to have. No, and... I, I know you disagree because we talked about this before. <laughs> well, but I, it's crazy to me how many people are just okay with this guy not taking his job seriously. Like, it's 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 insane to me that that he goes on this media tour. So, so my thing is just like I never expected like Magic Johnson to be the guy who was going to go and like scout division three college games you know like that was just never like i I didn't think magic johnson was going to be doing that like magic johnson is there as like a face of leadership and as kind of just like a like a rallying cry for the organization like a guy that people want to follow and just a leader less so than like figuring out the cat machinations of trades even though he went to like cba school for dummies with adam silver like right before like right when he was hired or something like that i remember he went out there to like go talk about the cap with adam silver i there's there's a ton more i i again i just i fall back on if you're talking about magic johnson as a leader and his and he if he's going to lead by example by working half-assed at his job, I'm sorry, man. That's just that's just not great. That's not that's not a good look for the organization. We're gonna keep going back and forth about that here in a second. So so and then well, I, I think what, what, the, I, what I was gonna say though is that like there had yes, I don't I don't think anybody ever anticipated Magic Johnson staying up till the, the wee hours of the morning, watching third you know division two point guards to see yeah to see what he might be able to find late in the drafts right he he was always going to delegate that type of stuff to other people within the organization now my concern was that he would not understand how to delegate that stuff because he had zero experience in doing so uh before he took this this position but i think there's a middle ground between watching appalachian state and taking mid-season vacations to Hawaii. 
Like there, there has to be something in between those two, those two differences or ends of the spectrum on, on in terms of work ethic. Because if if yeah. if Jim Bus yeah, if Jim if Jim Bus took a a vacation like that when the Lakers remember at that time that was when Luke Walton was being called out by Levar Ball Lonzo wasn't necessarily giving him any kind of uh, vote of confidence at the time though you and I both agreed that I thought we we think that I was, think that was le- yeah that was less of a shot at Luke and more of just Lonzo trying to say whatever was going to please the most people right but but still like you you, you the, the Lakers I think at that time had lost eight or nine games in a row the the organization the team was in kind of a tailspin and magic is is in Hawaii like if if that was going on with and and you replace magic Johnson with Jim Buss I'm sorry, man. The response, not just from fans, oh, no. but the, from the sports from... talk radio, I think would have com- started combusting cars on the like. You would have known who was listening to like the local sports radio stations by like which cars were just expl- like on fire <laughs> in the middle of the yeah, which, where where cars were on fire. Yeah, I... it's just a, like it just looked like a car bomb went off like all over the 405, and it was just because like there were so many hot takes going out over the airwaves over Jim Bust and you know. And well, and and so that was like part of the reason. Hot takes times three hundred. That was part. Well, a, a non-satirical Harrison's hot take, right? Yes, non-satirical. Uh, but but the that was part of the reason why Magic was hired was that it it bought you a longer leash from the type of people who would have done that stuff, said those kinds of things publicly, written the kinds of things that would have been written written about Jim Bus tweeted the kinds of things that would have been tweeted about Jim Bus. Now everybody is kind of in in on trying to stay on certain people's good sides, I would is how I'll phrase it. And magic is untouchable. And I my question is like at what point do do these people like you get this report out there, beat reporters should probably be digging now, right? Like we, we should well, sure probably... I, I mean I think they're gonna I think this will probably become a talking point today by the time that you guys are listening to this this will probably be something that like is asked about or is looked into or whatever but i also think like the other thing that we have to keep in mind here is whenever there's a leak you got to question the motivation and like who is out here saying this stuff and while obviously we don't know who levitard's sources are i would imagine they are not sources within the lakers because this is not a positive report for the lakers for one Mm -hmm. and like he is very steeped in miami and like this could be that you know maybe miami has had some talks with the lakers and or maybe like somebody there you wouldn't think pat riley would be out there bashing magic johnson because i think they're still like very close but maybe somebody else within the organization or maybe there is an agent that levitard knows that has had not maybe the best relations with magic johnson and which wouldn't be surprising like there have been a couple players who would probably maybe be pissed off at the way that the lakers have like dealt with things and so yeah i mean i think that there's like all of these there's other potential reasons that this report could be coming out and and the way that it's framed as he's doing the phil jackson thing kind of like this was designed to be inflammatory and get aggregated yeah i think there's some of that and and I would add to it that there might be some self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Confirmation bias. He actually starts the report by saying that this is how he anticipated Magic was going to be doing this job. Yeah, and that's how sports talk radio goes. Right. And 
and, you know, and you, so, you have to take everything you hear there with a little bit of a grain of salt. I, I would agree. I would agree. But again, if we if we if we talk about this then as a practice in if true, right? And the reaction from people is, well, I didn't think that he was going to be working that hard. I didn't think that he was going to be like that says quite a bit about the hire that they made. Like that, that says a lot about the fact that this guy was hired with no experience, was hired— I think, be- he, I think he was hired as, in large part, a PR move, and in large part because he's, like, best friends with the owner. Okay, sure. But you don't then go on a media tour to tell everybody how hard you're going to work. Yeah, like th- so this that's is, the thing. This is uh, Trumpian, you know, man. Like, this you, is this is this you, is exactly how the guy who's in charge of our country handles okay, it. Okay, I, I don't want to go place. there— but- I don't want to go there, but like the the part that what you said to me earlier is like at what point do we expect to not be lied to was an interesting one to me, and it, it does raise questions of how much do we care about what Magic is saying versus what he's doing because you're right I do remember him going on interviews and saying like no the the Lakers are my first priority this is going to be something that I make time for but maybe his definition of making time for this is different than. You know what an actual regular president of basketball operations definition would be of making time for the Lakers, if that makes sense. Maybe I guess for but, Magic, it probably you know he's probably like, oh, it's simple, it's just basketball. I'm really good at basketball. Have you heard? Well, that's the thing, though, is that that's why he sucked as a coach. That's why he sucked as a late. I think TV yeah, host. I think he would admit that. Well, and, and but but again, it kind of comes back to okay. So the things that ha- that Magic Johnson has succeeded in life is basketball. Because yes, he worked insanely hard. He was he was very physically gifted, but he also worked insanely hard and became the best point guard that basketball has ever seen, right? But then the other stuff, he's been the face of things. He's he's been the money and he backs up stuff with, with his smile and with his charm and with his charisma. And nobody really expects anything of this guy. And then he steps into this industry and again professional sports is the one of the most competitive industries that our country that that the world really knows right and and this idea that the lakers are somehow going to be successful on the back of somebody who doesn't really give a flying bleep like i'm sorry man like I just i'm think starting that, to freak I, out a little bit i'm not gonna, i'm not saying that this is necessarily right i just think that his definition of how much he needs to care is probably different than our definition of it because you know, like he probably feels somewhat justifiably where he's had success in everything that he's done and that he doesn't necessarily have to go and grind in the same way that these other president of basketball operations who came up through harder paths and than, he's wrong. hey, I'm one of the best players of all time and I'm best friends with the owner, uh, pro- probably had to grind. And so I think that it's just this doesn't make it right what he's doing, but I just think that he's taking a different approach. And to be honest, I just never expected Magic Johnson to be that. It's like I said before, I just, I'd never expected him to be that day-to-day guy. I always thought that this was a hire that was somewhat of a figurehead, somewhat of a PR move. And it was so that Magic could say that he, it was a vanity thing. It was so that he could say that he was in charge of the Lakers. And then Rob Palenka was going to be the one that was actually kind of pulling the strings and doing things day to day, which is kind of what it sounds like has been going on. We haven't yet talked about the Palenka angle or aspect of all of this. So we're going to talk about the Palenka angle and aspect of all of this here in a second. 
Rob Polinka is is apparently in hot water with with Magic Johnson, right? Like, oh, like reportedly, reportedly, like, reportedly. But I, just, you know, like uh, nihilistic Rob Polinka is, you know, probably just not feeling too great right now. <laughs> so I wrote this in the in the article, and and this is one of the things that I kind of responded to or, or analyzed a little bit about, but. It would be kind of weird, given the direction that this Lakers season has gone in, given where they currently sit in a pretty disappointing Western Conference. They aren't going to sniff the playoffs, right? Uh, it, I can't imagine. Like, it'd be a little weird if they, if if Magic and Palinka were both happy with how things have turned out. So that was my that was my initial response to the tidbit about Magic being angry with with Palinka. Yeah, and like I think that. You know, who's to say, like, again, like, we don't know where this information is coming from. And maybe Magic has been upset with Palinka at one point. For the most part, from everything that they've said, it sounds like they have a pretty solid relationship. But, I mean, who knows? Like, ultimately, we don't know. But I think that it's like you said, this season has gone downhill. And there's probably a little bit of healthy tension. At the very least, there's a little bit of healthy tension. I think, you know, how much it extends beyond that is like beyond my realm of knowledge about the situation. But I think it's like you said, if he wasn't a little bit upset with Palenka or they both weren't a little bit upset with how the season is going, that would honestly be more surprising. Although like at this point with how quick they've been to pull the trigger on decisions, like imagine, like I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but like imagine if they did fire Rob Palenka, like how much of a disaster that would be. I mean, just like from a PR standpoint, I'm not saying like, I mean, we don't know how good of a job Rob Polinka is doing. He's one year in, not even as GM. Like that's impossible to evaluate someone as a general manager. But like if they like, man, if, if this is really true and this is really an issue that that that's that's the thing that to me is more concerning than the Magic Johnson is like not, you know, watching tape 24 seven. It's that, you know, there's dissension in this front office, maybe. That would be more concerning to me if I was a Lakers fan. Yeah, we, we don't have full ton- context as to how angry Magic Johnson currently is, right? Like, he could be just slightly annoyed the way that I get annoyed when Jen puts the toilet paper on backwards, kind of annoyed. Or if he is full on... Or like I get annoyed when my girl yells things out at you while we're on the phone in the car. <laughs> uh, when 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 Jen when Jen go uses the restroom and then doesn't replace the toilet at all like that. Okay, this is that's this is another really level. That's you like, just that's... know that she's gonna listen to this tomorrow, and so you're just roasting her. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, I we don't know how angry Magic is right now, so it, it's kind of hard to quite speak on that. Uh, and and fully analyze that situation. I, I do though. I, I do think that it is something that we should keep in the back of our minds because look, Magic, Magic's background or experience with the Lakers is purely from the genie standpoint, right? His dealings with with Palinka are fully from the Kobe. Uh, attachment and and I bet if you were to really ask, Pol- and from Polinka growing up and being a Michigan guy and like idolizing Magic, um, if you were to if you were to ask Magic under true serum who he'd rather have as his GM right now, Rob Polinka or Kobe, <clears throat> I don't even think it's close, right? Oh, I, I don't know if that's true 
from what I've kind of heard. I don't know that like magic and like Kobe just like scuttlebutt, but like I, I don't know that they're like best friends. Well, no, I, I don't think you have to be best friends, but I think in terms of in terms of what these guys were hired to do, or why they were hired in the first place, you if you're if you're like you've said all show, magic was hired to be the face and to and to act as a barrier against criticism that would have come to Jim Buss or Mitch Kupchak, right? Uh, if in that respect, wouldn't Kobe offer even more of a barrier? Yeah, but then who's actually running the team? Kobe's not. Kobe doesn't want to be a day-to-day GM. Well, I mean, we know how much the the Lakers keep on asking Kobe if he wants to come back, right? Like, we this is this yeah, but again, like, man, at gets... some point, like, what are they do? They're just gonna have the scouts run the team, like, like, because Kobe's not committing to how, it. Kobe how, doesn't need that to different... be a day-to-day GM. Magic doesn't need that, and so they they need a guy like a Rob Polinka or whoever it may be. To like make those day to day decisions and do that day to day stuff while Kobe's out, you know, winning Oscars and Magic's off in Hawaii hiding out in bomb shelters or whatever it is Magic Johnson does on a day to day basis. Isn't isn't that though? Isn't that the nth degree example of what the Lakers strive to be anyway? I mean, kind of, but like, what are, what are we like? What are they doing at that point? I don't well, know. That's, like, that's I my guess, concern. That's been my I guess concern me, all along. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm kind of with you on like. That would not surprise me if that happened and, like, that was something that, like, Jeannie Buss thought was, like, an ideal scenario. Although, by all reports, she's very close with Rob Polinka. Um, But I think, like, yeah, that's, like, their ideal scenario because they just want stars in every single area. But, like, if you're just on the outside, that I don't think that that is what you should want. That is, like, I would anticipate a disaster. I mean... (laughs) why is it that people don't think this could be a disaster (laughs) it could be i don't i don't i'm not i've been trying to be level-headed during this show and i think i've succeeded somewhat at that but like this very well could be a disaster this front office could be a complete train wreck we don't know but my point is that we're like barely a year in and it's kind of impossible to know what like how good a front office is one year in like that that kind of stuff just takes time to evaluate we again it's like one of those things like you rail on them for the d'angelo russell trade all the time if they sign lebron and paul george nobody gives a crap about d'angelo russell getting and that was and that was the point that levitard made at the end of this quote-unquote report was that it doesn't matter it magic it literally doesn't matter if if they sign lebron and paul george none of it matters not it doesn't matter like they could they could fire the whole front office and just let lebron run it and it, it just doesn't matter they'd be like they'd be a top four seed in the west like you know, like ultimately, like these guys were brought in to bring in free agents and tamper with them and not get caught. That second part isn't going Oops. so well so far. But, you know, they were brought in to, to bring in guys. And so we'll see this summer if that if that works out. We there, There's just no way to know right now. But if, if there is like tension between the two of them, that's obviously not ideal. But again, we don't know if that's the case. And if so, how much it's the case. On a scale of one to ten, how seriously would you did you take this report when I first told you about it? Um, to be honest, I think that there's just like it's pretty loose. Like I, I don't, the wording you know, of it, it isn't very tight. Yeah, yeah, I, and I'm just not gonna take it that seriously coming from a Miami guy, and you know, like who only would have gotten it from somebody who like wants to make the Lakers look bad, and so like I'm not, I don't want to impugn like 
uh, Levitard's credentials. Like, he's obviously, he was a reporter for a long time. This is not a guy who's just going to, like, run with something that's, like, where he just, like, heard it from, you know, like, the janitor at, like, the heat facility or something. Like, this is obviously, this is coming from somewhere. And it's someone who would have some level of credibility, but why are they telling him this, you know? And, like, why is it phrased as he's doing the Phil Jackson thing, which, you know, when sports talk radio listeners have been very well trained to hate and rebel against anything Phil Jackson front office. For good reason. Huh? For good reason. Yeah, with good reason, to be fair. With good reason. But I just think that – and then to me, it it just, like, for all of those reasons – I am not that and I also just didn't expect magic to be that day-to-day guy so this is not that surprising to me so your number would be like a five mm, even yeah, lower? Four. four or five yeah I, I would probably say my reaction to it was about six six and seven well I mean it it's like you said I'm not... I wish I had recorded the phone call when you when you told me that we needed to record this it's pretty rare that I call you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that, I like. I thought I you might I be dying. <laughs> I, I think I, if I'm being completely honest, it's 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 probably higher. It's probably upwards of an eight or so. But it's like it's with the caveat of I don't know why anybody would be surprised about this. As frustrating as it is, as as I mean, the points that I've made in this is that guys, the, <laughs> we we should we should be surprised that the guy who is head a multi billion dollar entity it just doesn't try very hard <laughs> did you, but did you really expect him to like even even with him saying that did you really expect him to i'm not okay with getting lied to is i i, I but, took like we got to be reasonable here like that's the right thing to say for him to win the press conference but like do you, like did you like honestly in your heart of hearts did you expect that magic johnson would be doing like the day-to-day legwork of being a front office member yeah I mean, it, I'm sorry. that's what he was hired to do, man. Like, I, I, my, my, I disagree. My, my, my expectations for somebody don't change based on their resume. He was hired I, to I, be I, the Lakers' I, official mascot slash also president of basketball. I care, I care about this Lakers team way too much to just be okay with half-assedness at well, but the, that's why, at the that's leading why position. Well, that's why Polinka is there, is to full-acid it. Well, guess what, though? Polinka, Polinka was also like if he's if he's full assing it right, then then that means he's full assing his way to a record rate of fine. Well, but like and and, and I, yeah, I, like okay, all, the, the, all the tampering done... thing is obviously a bad look, but I think that like you know we've heard enough that there's like that and that wasn't necessarily his fault, or at least not directly it his fault. It was on his it was watch. Like, like how many excuses are we going to keep? How many Kevin Ding articles are we going to listen to that and be told how much these guys care and and the mama just, mentality that they're working with? I, I'm not, we know it's all bullshit. Like we know that these guys don't. I don't care. want to rule out the fact that they could be really bad, but it's less than a year in. We just don't know. Yeah, I, I'm. It's going impossible to, is... to judge, and it's like it's like you said, it's like I said, it's like Levitard said. If they sign LeBron and Paul George this summer, none of it matters. And so let's see if they do it. But it, if they don't. If they don't, then they might start to be in trouble. But I also, again, like I go back to, like it'll that'll depend a lot more on what Palinka is doing, what the scouts are doing, than it does on how many vacations Magic Johnson's taking. So it, if they don't sign LeBron, then the, these are the headlines that these guys have, have generated. Are you ready? If they uh, don't. 
if they sure. don't if they don't sign LeBron, it means that their first act was trading away a the number two a number two pick to clear up one of cap the best space. young cameramen in the country. One of the best young cameramen in the country uh, to create cap space to have a chance at signing LeBron. Uh, they then drafted Lonzo Ball, who has had a pretty good, I would say, up and down, but pretty good rookie yeah, season top, top five rookie year yeah I, I i think he's been he's been perfectly good they they were right to make that pick i think is what we can say right maybe yep. some would take tatum uh but but i don't think i, I would not think, be one of them huh i would not be one of them yeah i mean i it, it i i just but those are the things that they've done so they drafted kuzma and they drafted Hart. um although it should be noted that a lot of the guys who were responsible for either looking at or liking or eventually drafting those guys are holdovers from the prior front office. Uh, they then got a an NBA record fine for tampering in doing something that is was supposed to be Rob Polinka's specialty. But again, that was like that goes back to you know there there was all that stuff about it, it was leaked by somebody who was very unhappy with Rob Palinka. It wasn't that he just like left this blatant paper trail or something. Okay, and then uh, the other thing that I think they should also, I mean, they have been reportedly close or, or reportedly attached to trying to to trade for Avery Bradley twice, and they failed both times. Uh, they have. <laughs> failed feels strong when the Pistons got a chance to use him in a Blake Griffin offer. Oh, I know. It's just it's just funny that... Like, okay, yeah. I, I think it's funny that they've tried twice. I don't, I don't think they <laughs> failed to trade for Avery Bradley. No, you get I, I think... Tra- trading for Avery okay, Bradley. Okay, but, they, they, but they, they have twice pursued Avery Bradley, and he is now playing across the hall. Yeah. Like, it's getting think, closer. I think it's kind of funny. And, and, and the other they thing got, too, first they got a Piston shooting guard, just not Avery Bradley. And then now he's playing, Avery Bradley is playing in LA, just not for them. So they're getting closer. <laughs> one, one day. One day. The, the, big, the big free agent signing is going to be Avery Bradley this year. <laughs> it's going to be Avery Bradley and a 10 year extension for Brooke Lopez. Yes. Yep. Uh, no, and don't, don't forget the uh, extension for Luol Deng to stretch him as well. Yeah, um, but but well, that would actually be a good move. The other thing that now they are attached to is, and and we can question the reporting behind it all you want, but it is still a headline. And I'm not it's questioning now, the reporting. I'm questioning the like you know the source and that kind of thing. Okay, but but question it however you want. But this is now a headline that is attached to the Lakers, and it's not a good look, right? And I, I think that this is this is not the kind of thing that when they were hired that they wanted to be attached to right that's why magic said the things he said as he was publicly jockeying to to take jim bus's job in the first place right and so and so what it all comes down to is they it was always going to be in my opinion a long shot that they landed lebron and paul george and now they are and they have positioned themselves to where their entire perception is going to be directly tied to this long shot. And all of their actions have led to further leaning on that possibility as what everybody is going to define their time, at least thus far, as. And, and I, I'm sorry, it's, it's not, I don't think, a very smart path forward 
either PR wise or logistically speaking to put all the eggs in this one basket the way that they have. And, well, so, and so it's, it's like, kind of worrying. It's like if you're playing blackjack and you feel like you have a pretty good hand. They obviously feel like they have a pretty good hand. They're pushing all their chips in the middle of the table. And it could be idiotic, but it could also work out in them, you know, like winning the lottery, basically. Uh, yes, I guess technically they can. They, they, have, they have gone, they have stepped up to a roulette table and they put all their chips on a number 23. Yeah, and a number 13. And, an, and a number 13. Uh, so... So I guess they DeMarcus they've Cousins of, before he got injured. Yeah, that's that's not a possibility anymore. Um, anything else that you that you wanted to talk about regarding this stuff? No, I just I think that like that kind of wraps it up for us. But we actually, as part of this bonus episode, uh, I think we're going to give the people a little bit of bonus Blake Griffin trade analysis. Oh yeah, that um, I from think, Locked On Pistons. Uh, yes, we are. We are going to throw to that audio from from Locked On Pistons. Um, we are doing this to showcase the type of talent that is found throughout the Locked On Network. We're really proud of the project and what it's taken form to become over the last year and a half or so that we have been a, a part of it. So almost we're gonna, two years now. Almost two years. Crazy. Yeah, this summer it'll be two years. So, so we're gonna throw now to Matt Shook of Locked On Pistons, who is going to give the instant reaction from the Pistons side to the Blake Griffin trade. We will not be back on the other side of the break, and so we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Enjoy this little bit of extra audio, and we are going to try and get some rest after a marathon two podcast recording day. It's a good thing my voice has been a disaster for like the last two weeks, and now we now we're recording an extra show. I'm sure you're going to sound great tomorrow. Yeah, probably not. All right. Talk to everybody later. The Pistons got Blake Griffin in a big deal on Monday afternoon. Blake's been one of those villains, one of those guys you have loved to hate over the past several years on the other side of the court. But the good news is that's basically Pistons' DNA. Now, it's not exactly the same way that Griffin's built his reputation that the Pistons had over the past several decades with their toughness that has been personified over the years, but we will see how it goes. And certainly it's a lot of money for a long time for a guy with a big injury risk, but we've seen Detroit teams in the past, they've needed to find different ways to get top talent. They haven't really made things happen in free agency, and Stan Van Gundy has not made it happen through the draft in his four years so far with the Pistons as well. But hey, the move it's something interesting, and it's that's more than we can say about what this team has done over the past decade. It's a franchise that's been lost in the woods since the going-to-work era. Really not much good to say about this team, really not much to say about this team at all. As far as the deal, they didn't give up Luke Kennard, which would have been pretty much a disaster. They didn't give up Stanley Johnson while his value is low, and the team could maybe be opportunistic and buy low for him in his third year. So there's some things to like about it. They got rid of the Bobon's contract, which is a good thing as well. They did give up that first-round pick, but there doesn't seem to be a whole lot in this draft to love past the top seven or eight players, and hopefully the Pistons pick doesn't end up in the top seven or eight. Right now, I've advocated on this podcast about trading Avery Bradley a bunch in the past couple weeks, so you know where I stand there. As far as Tobias Harris, certainly we're not crazy about losing him in Pistons Nation. He's a great guy, an easy guy to root for for the fans, but all season we've kind of waited for a little bit more from him. He got better 
going into last year and kind of carried this last year's team through a, a horrible season and has been the most reliable scorer this season as well. But we've talked a lot about some of those quiet 20-point games that we've always been waiting for a little bit more from him. He can't seem to get to the free throw line in, in, late in games and can't really be a good scorer in the fourth quarter. We need someone who can get a bucket a little bit easier than that. Well, Blake Griffin is here, and he's that guy. He's a wide body. He's a crafty scorer. I remember when the Pistons beat the Clippers this year, Griffin at times can kind of just put his butt right into Anthony Tolliver, take him down to the lane, and did a lot of work on one of the top defenders in the league, although Tolliver's uh, not as strong as Blake Griffin, and that was going to be a matchup problem. But those are some of the matchup problems that the Pistons will look to exploit when they have Blake Griffin on their side, and it's something they didn't have before. Another interesting thing with Griffin is, what does this do to Andre Drummond's spot in the high post of the offense? We saw that Andre's had good court vision there, but also saw that he was limited when some of the things broke down initially when that high post offensive set. No way was Andre going to be knocking down anything outside of eight feet, but he also couldn't drive to the hole when he tried to go from the three-point line as well. Seems like Blake Griffin would be good for that spot in the post, but then what do you do with Andre? But I think some of those thoughts of this guy's in the high post, this guy's in the low post, kind of oversimplifies things a little bit. There are a lot of possessions in an NBA season, and why can't guys alternate between spots in the posts along the way? And along those lines, Andre with his you know, maybe get him back a little bit towards the baseline, not in a post-up position, but kind of out of the way a little bit at times, uh, stay out of the way of Blake's uh, real estate in the post, maybe set some screens on the perimeter, and also kind of um, take advantage of maybe some of the defense sagging towards Blake, look for lobs as well. And then a lot of this Pistons uh, franchise hinges on Reggie Jackson getting back healthy, and maybe we'll see if uh, Blake and Reggie can kind of duplicate some of the success they had in Lob City with uh, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin there. But some other scattered thoughts. This is probably an indication that Stan Van Gundy is back for next season to coach out the fifth and final year of his contract and also in the front office as well. Whatever happens the rest of the way with this season, you can make the argument that this move and this new team is going to take more than the 34 games left this season to be analyzed. But my bottom line is this. Before the trade, there was nothing really to like about this Pistons team this season and really not much to look forward to next year too. Well, now... It will be interesting, which is more than we could say on Monday morning. Since the trade, which was only a couple hours ago now, I've heard from about 20 different people on texts, and I promise you that these are not people who are thinking about the Pistons over the weekend. I threw out a query on Twitter about what do you think and got all sorts of responses, most of them negative, but at least that there were some responses there. Plus, hey, the Pistons are in the news for the first time in a long time. And that's a good thing for a change. Will it be a good thing a few years from now? I'm certainly skeptical about it, but it might be fun to find out. <music>